0: Hello, friends. Welcome to a Monday edition of the Kings of Anglia podcast. I am Mark Heath. I'm your host, as ever. And Ipswich Town started their League One season in style yesterday, live on Sky Sports. 2-0 win over Crisis Club Wigan. You have to say Crisis Club whenever you mention Wigan. Um, Drizzy didn't score, but he was impressive. Obviously, we'll talk about that shortly. But first of all, I must introduce my partners in crime. Hutchie is off this week. He's in a caravan in Norfolk. But fortunately, just like town, our squad is deep, deep like Loch Ness. That's so a fairly dodgy uh, <laughs> comparison there. But anyway, I'll get out of this by saying hello to producer Ross. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. A tan Super. win. Tan yeah. win. The sun was out. It was live on Sky. It was a beautiful day all round. Um, and we're going to talk about it shortly. But how are you, Roscoe? How's things in, in the Halls world?
1: Very good. As I said, the sun was out, so my guns were out. <laughs> um, nice. Gwion Edwards has started his golden boot season. Yeah. um, And Teddy Bishop scored a header. So, you know. Yeah.
0: I've got to say, obviously, um, for those of you who have listened to or watched the the live pod last week, um, when it came to leading scorer, Roscoe predicted Gwion Edwards uh, and we all pretty much fell off our chairs. and, and, And I particularly roundly mocked you. Uh, And then, of course, he goes and scores and and could have had two and looked extremely lively when he came on. So, might have been a little bit premature with with that mocking, Ross. And if, indeed, Guion does end up scoring 25, I'll I'll owe you an apology (laughs) and a beer. Um, We have a guy who was obviously there yesterday and is a key part of the Kings of Anglia team, the reluctant star, the doctor, Stuart Watson. How are you, my friend?
2: I'm okay, mate. I've just unmuted myself because I've just been uh, coughing and spluttering off mic while you've been having a little chat
0: you're not very well are you you've got a uh, you've got the sniffles
2: i'm a bit poorly sick yeah but um i'm 99 percent sure it's it's not the uh not the covid yeah i think it's just a bit of germs uh returning from the first week of school um but uh yeah i've manned up i'm soldiering on it's fine
0: because you are a true professional so yeah uh, your daughter's started school then you've immediately fallen ill um little germ factory schools aren't they
2: yeah, and I'm not alone in that. I've spoken to a few parents this week who uh have got the same the same issues going on at the moment. A nice little gift brought home from the little people. So um
0: Are you gonna be a, are you gonna be a late fitness test for Wednesday?
2: No, I'll be I'll be fine. Superb. Right then
0: boys, as I said, Ipswich Town started their league one season, they beat Wigan yesterday 2-0. First half was quite eventful, second half was, was fairly dull. Um I wanna start first of all. With just your your thoughts generally on the game, and then we're going to talk about the positives and negatives because there were certainly a few of both, uh, and obviously we'll talk about the, the ongoing Flynn Down saga. But Stewie, obviously you were there. What did you make of, of Town's first league game since March and, and the subsequent win?
2: Um, it was good. I think the the positives outweigh the negatives. Um, there were certainly both, which you've just touched upon, but um, they'll. I'd like to think they'll play better than that as the the season goes on. They got the job done. They got the three points in the bag. Um, Things to work on, for sure. But uh, lots of good stuff to take away from it as well. That's kind of my my overview of it, I would say.
0: Just a peek behind the curtains, Time We've not actually spoken about what it's like covering a game. Um, during obviously the ongoing pandemic and God knows when when fans are ever going to be able to return with the cases going up again and plans apparently on hold. But how how does it work now on a match days too? Do you have to get there earlier? Do you have to have your, your temperature taken? Do you have to sit wearing a mask? How how does all that work?
2: We get there later actually. They kind of restrict what time you can get there. So they don't they don't open the doors till ninety minutes before kickoff. We'd normally aim to get there probably a couple of hours before ordinarily. So um Get there a little bit later, yeah. Temperature checked on the door. Uh, all the sort of press media rooms are all closed off, so it's um, straight up to your your seat in the stands. Yeah, watch the game and um, yeah, quick quickly do the manager stuff afterwards, and and you're kicked out quite quickly. Um, and I assume mas-
0: yeah, masks yeah, you have to wear mas-
2: masks on while you're moving around the stadium. You you're you're okay to sort of take them off. Whilst watching the game, which is just as well, because otherwise I'd I'd be severely impaired from my fogged up glasses. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, everyone's really spaced out. There's a good three seats between everybody. The, the Portman Road press box is quite a big one, yeah. um, so it, it comfortably uh, accommodates everybody. Um, and then you're just told to sort of socially distance when we're when we're doing the post match interviews. We're it's gone are the days of the sort of journalists huddle around someone where everyone's kind of um, literally jostling for space and trying to sort of thrust their microphone in we now sort of uh have to kind of put them all on on top of the sort of advertising hoardings around the side and then uh stand stand well back so um it is different for sure yeah
0: and, and how does the temperature test work i assume that's a a little gun is it as opposed to the way they take temperatures in animals that would seem uh
2: yeah just like going into a restaurant or if, if anyone's gone out and about and been temperature checked? Did you just get your your forehead zapped by one of those little guns, and uh, and that's it?
0: I'm worried about you this week, my friend. If you've already got the sniffles, what happens if you're running a temperature on Wednesday?
2: Well, that yeah, I might get turned away at the door. Yeah, and now now this has been flagged. Yeah, I'm probably um, I'm probably in even more danger. But it does feel a little bit like when you get a cold at the moment, you feel a little bit like a leper while you kind of walking yeah. around. The minute you've kind of got a, a slight little little cough or a sniffle um you you get some funny looks from people um but we're all going to get colds this winter um definitely you can
0: still have you can you can just news just in you can still have a cold apparently without uh, without it being covid so there you go i think i think you're all right roscoe obviously um you can't attend games at the moment because you're the world's biggest germ factory and also Owner of a terribly weak immune system. I jest, of course. You can't, you can't attend because of the rules. In fact, Stu and Andy are lucky to be able to go too, because I believe some places are only allowing one journalist in. So um, who knows when we might have you back at games, Roscoe? But what did you make of it uh, yesterday, watching at home?
1: As you said, you know the first half was very, was very good. But yeah, the second half was very dull. I think I probably watched maybe 15 minutes of the second half, and that's bad thing when I'm having yeah. to cover of the game. But I just get so distracted. When you're watching a game live on TV, there's just other things going on in the house or you look at your phone or, you know, I'm on, on the laptop doing a few things and you just look up and, oh, it's been a chance. Oh, nothing's happened. But like, yeah. when you're actually at a game, of course, you are mainly focused on the game because, you know, you're at a football game. Yes, you're a spectator or whatever. But at home, you, you, it's just one of those things. But, you know, it's good to see a positive start. It's always nice, isn't it, to start a season With a win like last year against Burton, that was a nice, you know, win. You know, it's always a bit bad when you start the season off defeat and you're like, oh, God, this is going to be a long, long season. Yeah. Uh, You know, as I said, it was good to see Teddy Bishop score finally after six years or whatever it is. So, yeah. Is that, um, is that Ira I can hear in the
0: background with with the running running commentary? Is she, uh, she's obviously not feeling too under the weather, Stewie.
2: No, she's, yeah, she's all right. They sort of, uh, they wake up looking. Looking sick. And then, uh, yeah, they said suddenly the, uh, she's she's kicked in a little bit now.
0: Showing no respect to the Kings of Anglia podcast there. Um, very poor. Um, boys, I want to take a few thoughts from the KOA Army and then we'll get into the positives from the game first of all. Martin dice said, uh, we started slowly but grew into the game as it went on and played some nice stuff. I'm not sure I believe Lambert when he says he doesn't know if Downs wanted to play or not. Obviously, we'll, we'll talk about Downs later on. Picture of Downs in the stands um, looking at his phone, looking... Thoroughly unimpressed with proceedings. ITFC Thoughts says, Nolan was man of the match for me. Happy with the clean sheet. Second half performance, not so impressive, but he got the job done. Not sure what we do with Downs. He's our best player, but Palace is still a fair way off our valuation. Midfield is stopped and doing okay at present. Thomas Lane, one of Nolan's best games in an Ipswich shirt for me. Toto continuously bodied Garner from long balls, made him look ordinary. Another solid performance. Left wing will be a key area with Ward behind. It allows attacking freedom from the winger. Edwards over Judge. And then Dozenbish, he says, uh, gives the, um, the perfect symbol. Um, and Sindra Larson, uh, our old Viking friend, says, Chambers has been outstanding so far this season. Sindra, fully paid up member of, of the Luke Chambers fan club, as we know. I think he deserves praise. So important for the team. A lot of the criticism, hate rather, has been utterly preposterous. Obviously, we've talked before about Chambers being a lightning rod for criticism and comment. So, um, boys, let's start with positives. Um, I I'm going to come to you to start off with. A lot, a lot of the guys there say Nolan. Man of the match. I think the official man of the match was Bishop. Obviously, there was. Uh, I thought Ward looked really good as well. Um, but give us some positives. Starting with with your your player of the games, Stewie.
2: I'd agree with Nolan one hundred percent. I thought he was excellent. Um, perhaps in a, a slightly underrated way. I think Bishop kind of always catches the eye with the way that he dribbles and runs at people. Thought mm. he faded a little bit, probably understandably, second half given. Um, given his injuries and you know, he's, he's never been someone that's played sort of those consistent back to back games and completed 90 minutes and everything. So he, he was a, a positive, but Nolan, I thought has really stepped up in the last few games. And I thought this was another, another step up for him. Um, his movement off the ball, as much as en- anything, um, a big part of what Lambert wants from this kind of new way of playing is a lot of constant. He keeps talking about constant rotation and movement of players to kind of drag the opposition out of shape. And then, once you create those gaps, you then utilise Dezel to kind of ping the passes in, into those spaces that are created. And I think Nolan was always on the move. I think when he's on the ball, he's he's very careful with it, um, rarely gives up possession. Um, and he got up and down as well. There was a the moment where he, he made a real big saving challenge in his own box after someone had got past Chambers. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Nolan definitely was was the pick of the players for me. Closely followed by Stephen Ward, who I think looks a really good signing the more and more I see of him at left-back. Um, we've talked a lot about him as a, as a leader and what he'll contribute in, in that side of things. But I think as a player as well, even at the age of 35 playing left-back, he looks like he's still got bags of energy to get up and down that left. I think uh, him and Sears linked up really well down that left-hand side. Hmm. Um, if you look back at a lot of the chances that were created in the first half, he was he was involved in them earlier in the move. It was his quick thinking for the free kick, um, which led to to the goal. So um, those two would be my picks. I would say.
0: Um, I mean, I haven't actually given my opinion on the game. Have I? I I I put out after the game. I think I said it was a decent performance. Um, decent just seemed a good word to sum it up. It wasn't like jaw droppingly good, and it wasn't it wasn't bad. Obviously, because they got the win. Uh, obviously, they will face tougher tests. I was extremely impressed with Nolan. That tackle, as you mentioned, there was uh, was fantastic tackling back and a real hard crunching tackle. And also Ward, like you say, just looks class, doesn't he? Real class. Uh, really going to bring something to the side. Comfortable in all aspects of the game. Roscoe, who stood out for you?
1: Yeah, John Nolan. Yeah, a, you know, is the answer there. But also, you know, Dizel. You know, I, I even put a tweet out just you know Dizel flames because I thought he was very really yeah. well good in the first half. Some of these passes and stuff like that. Um, but then, as like just same as Bishop, he sort of faded in the second half, or really the second half just faded in general as a as a game. Really, there's not much went really went on. And then, of course, my boy Gwion Edwards came on and you know,
0: <laughs> lit it up. <laughs> we got. I mean, we have to talk about Gwion Edwards coming on because yeah. he looked he looked class when he came on. He was uh, immediately made a difference. Obviously, got the goal. Could have had a, a second, which would have been a tremendous goal as well. Um, <laughs> what do you reckon, boys? Gwion Gwion starting? Do you reckon he should be starting?
2: Um, I thought it was a very well-timed substitution. I think Lambert take, has to take a lot of credit because I think Ross is right. The second half had, had faded. I think give a bit of credit to Wigan. I think they got a handle on Dezel. Lambert talked post-match about how having him pulled the strings first half, he then gets a man-marking job done on him. Um, and that's something that he's... It's a big compliment to him and it's something that he's going to kind of have to learn to deal with. And, and Bishop faded a little bit. And... um. Ipswich suddenly couldn't play those little patterns of play and Wigan were probably the team on top um, around the sort of 70th minute mark and then Mm. uh, I I thought that a lot of the problems we talked about how good Ipswich were down the left I think a lot of their problems were coming down the right Mm. Um, Alan Judge did a lot of good things in the game you know he had the back hill moment that led to the Sears chance he had um, some other really nice moments on the ball but I just think him playing wide leaves the fullback exposed. We've seen that enough now during his time at Ipswich, especially mm. when it's Luke Chambers, perhaps as a bit of a makeshift right back there. And, and a lot of the problems were coming down that side. Otterball, um was, was really getting, getting at them. Uh, and Lambert, Lambert recognized that he brought Edwards on. Um, Sears put Edwards over on the right-hand side and all of a sudden I think Edwards' pace just gave Wigan something to think about um, Mm. on the counter-attack and that kind of changed the tide of the game and um, as you've both said, Guillaume was was very lively and uh, obviously got his goal, uh, forced a really good save at the end as well and I thought his arrival kind of really turned the tide of the game at a crucial moment.
0: Yeah, obviously we have to mention Drizzy as well, um, who I thought had a really good first half. Um, he, he's really good at, at holding up the ball, isn't he? And kind of linking up play. That's a particular strength of his, which works obviously really well in this system. And then when I saw that he'd been he'd been hooked off at half time, my initial thought was, "You bastard! Why have they why have they done that?" And I can only assume. And obviously, it turned out after the game that it was a it was an injury. Um, but it just brings up speed on, on Drizzy and your your thoughts on his performance, Stewie.
2: I thought he was I thought he was excellent again. Um, yeah. I know we've kind of discussed about. You know, almost semi-jokingly, because of this our gag that we've got with with your good <laughs> self. That you know, isn't this nice that he's suddenly uh, on the scene? But we've all kind of said it's probably only going to be a short-term thing till the others get going. But I tell you mm. what, the more the more I see of him, if he carries on like this, then he's he's got every every chance because he was really good in the first half. I think. It was interesting to see how he plays that centre forward role very differently to Norwood, with with the caveat that Norwood is clearly not fully fit at the moment yeah. for so long out. But I just thought Drynan plays that central striker role in a four three three. It's everything you want from from a striker in that role. I think he he's disciplined with his movement. He mixes up his he drop in he'll drop in deep and hold it up and link the play up and I think that's that's vital for for a number of years now. I think there's always been a bit of a a gap between the, the midfield and the strikers at Ipswich, regardless of what formation they're playing. I think the way he plays it addresses that. He mixes it up, he runs in behind, he's he's strong, he'll occupy a centre back. Um he's been really really good and um i knew at half time it had to be a knock because of the way mm. he played and, and Lambert sort of said oh yeah th- you know there's no way that was a tactical withdrawal he, mm. i think i think Aaron was keen to play on understandably but he'd got a little a little thigh strain um so um they didn't want to take any chances with him which is which is a ma- major compliment to uh to how he's been playing. Mm.
0: Roscoe, any any more positives to mention i thought Toto looked good as well actually obviously Continuing to prove me wrong with my one out of ten impact uh, chance this season. Um, what else impressed you about about yesterday? Before we go on to some more KOA Army comments,
1: I think um, for once Lambert substitutions. Um, yeah. At first, when he brought Edwards on and he put him on the right, and I thought I thought he wanted you know Edwards said he wants to play on the left. But luckily, I think Edwards then at one stage of the game he was on the left and he did that a good run. And I think then Lambert must have then decided to then put him to the left. And that's how he mm. scored his goal, of course. Um, but I think, yeah, the substitutions, I think, were good timing. Um, and they worked well. And, yeah, as, as, as you said, with the dry and when that came at half-time, I thought, no, surely yeah. not. He's done all right. We're, we're yeah. winning 1-0. Um, of course, to, to be fair, in the first half, I thought the game could have been 2-2 or something like that because there's so yeah. many chances. Like Wigan, they're one of their strikers, um, he headed the ball over like twice, didn't he? had two really good chances. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think they would have gone in if he could have got on target but you know to be fair i know this is an interest town podcast you gotta give credit to wigan i thought mm. they did it right there were no mugs you know i said with you before we came on air like you know i'll just sign gary roberts back up he was he was class <laughs>
0: he was he looked really good yeah they've got some i mean obviously they are in 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 trouble in turmoil but um and i know they're pretty much everyone bookies tip to to go down but you know given the situation they're in i thought they did all right and 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 joe garner to name another Next town player. I thought he, he uh, again, he's got the, I can see him being a real good player at this level. He's got the old dark arts master, hasn't he? And uh, I think he's going to be good at League One level. Stewie, in terms of positives, um, and obviously this isn't a positive overall, the fans aren't there, but um, what's your take on, on kind of, obviously going into the season, town are under a lot of pressure, Lambert's under pressure. And I wonder, had there been a, you know, a crowd there yesterday and obviously Wigan, Having early chances, you wonder if they'd been started to get the old groans and oh god, this is not going well at all. Um, and obviously, players like Toto and stuff who, who've struggled with, with confidence. Is there any way we can maybe see that it, it, it's perhaps a positive to start the season without fans in this particular situation?
2: I think so, definitely. Um, there's no doubt that the game is far far poorer for not having the supporters there, and we want, we all want them back. As soon as possible. But Mm. I do think that it's a positive for Ipswich to start this season with in front of empty stadiums. Because I think we've seen when the Premier League restarted, it it suited the technical sides. Um, Mm. And Ipswich are going to be one of the more technical sides in League One this year. I think you're right. Those two big chances, it was their right back who, who headed those two chances wide in the first 15 minutes, completely unmarked from... From set pieces, and that's that's definitely a worry from from the game at the weekend. Mm. But um, you're right that you know that could have suddenly transmitted to to the crowd, and all of a sudden it would have been oh, we lost to Arsenal in midweek, and then mm. you know Wigan, who are better than I think most people g- gave them credit for going into the game. It was crisis cub Wigan. We should be sweeping these aside, and you, you mm. have just said that's they're not Bolton of last year. They're not the under 18s that Ipswich went and hammered up there. Um, they've still got some senior players there, and um, so I do. Uh, yeah, I do think that um, sort of the, the at least starting the season will help Ipswich, and hopefully by the time fans are back, by that point they get, they're starting to get into a bit of a rhythm with this new way of playing. They've got a bit of momentum behind them, and uh, it will all work out quite nicely.
0: Mm. obviously the, the other thing that you get to hear when, when fans aren't there particularly in the stadium obviously they, they continue to try and pipe in this ridiculous fan noise on Sky but um, you've you spoken before Stewie about Town being a, a quiet side uh, and needing kind of voices but uh, what's it like actually watching um, yesterday are there are there players more than others that are barking orders and, and making their voices heard and, and if so who are they I assume obviously Chambers would be chief amongst them but any others kind of stepping up
2: Yeah, I've noticed that now that that was sort of the first game proper, that just in general, that players on both sides are starting to get a bit more vocal because it's becoming more meaningful. Uh, In pre-season, it was quite quiet, but the stakes obviously aren't as high. Um, Ward, you can just hear him in the moments, in the sticky moments in the game. He's just sort of a reminder of concentration and keep at it and just those little constant reminders at the key moments in games. I think that, that bit of experience shows. Um, mm. Cornell, I know he, did, he didn't play yesterday, but when he has played, he is noticeably a louder goalkeeper than Thomas Holy. Yeah. Um Big booming voice, a bit like Dean Gherkin. Um, so that that's a dynamic that might go in his favour uh, if there's a bit of a goalkeeper um, 50-50 scenario going on obviously Holy's got the shirt at the moment and has done nothing wrong to lose it thus far um, but no I, I would still say that sort of Ward Chambers aside it is a reasonably quiet team there mm. I think Nor- Norwood will, will obviously add to that he comes on and he barks at everyone referees, opposition mm. uh, his own teammates so he adds a bit of a, a voice to it as well Um but yeah, you do you do need at least two or three of those on the pitch, and I think uh, hopefully, sort of Ward coming in will will address that a little bit. Mm.
0: Let's take a few more thoughts from the Carry Army. Adrian Hawes says it's Nolan's best game for us by far. Dryden was excellent first half. I'm not sold on Judge out wide. Chambers needs support at right back. Centre half pair a bit hit and miss. Ward a genius signing, and Edwards was excellent off the bench. A decent start. Dylan says Andre Dizel pulling the strings in midfield again and showing his quality. Hot take: He will sign a new contract in the next five weeks, and then be sold to the Prem when we are promoted for around ten to fifteen million. There you go, Dylan. That's that's a positive hot take. More love for your boy as well, Roscoe from Brad Guion. Really impressed me when he came on. I still think uh, on the left and Jack Lancaster on the right will be too much to handle in this league. You want wingers in this formation that can beat a man, allowing space for overlapping fullbacks. Hoping we'll see these two at some point soon, Uh, and then PRB nine. Just says, I start to wonder about the relationship between the manager and his captain. Is Chamber responsible for the attitude that means the players need tough love? Has he created a cosy atmosphere in the squad where no one is really pressured, regardless of the manager's wishes? We've talked about that quite a lot. And obviously, um, Lambo is definitely going with a tough love approach, which thus far seems to be working. And then FPL Tractor, the midfield looks good. If we can get Ward, Wolfie and the Jelly Man on the pitch at the same time, the defence will improve. The forwards, except Sears, need a bit of work. Hoping Lancaster's fit soon, and he says the kit is rivaling the strike for the best thing in the world. A lot of love for you today, Roscoe. Both the strike and and your boy Gwion. Um Right then, shall we move on to negatives? Is there any any other positives to mention before we before we move on, boys? You've got anything else to mention on the on the plus side? Paul Lambert's hat. Yeah, <laughs> Lam- Lambo hat man. Yeah, uh, that, that, that's that's a good sign. Um, I, I like his record, um, our record when uh, when he he wears the hat. because I think it's pretty good. Um, Stewie, Chan- any other
2: channeling is in a Tony pulis there is isn't <laughs> it um, <laughs> yeah part of me thinks that's a bit of a German thing as well was it Va- Wagner at Huddersfield yeah. who favored yeah. the the cap i I think there's a bit of a German influence going on going yeah. on
0: there. okay should we move we move on to negatives of which there were obviously some um we try and be positive on this podcast, but we have to highlight issues where there are some and there definitely were yesterday Stewie start us off with with some things that, that concerned you I mean obviously the defense was was Looked slightly shaky at times yesterday. Um, what what chief amongst the things that concern you? Can we talk about?
2: Yeah, I've, I've mentioned it. Really, that they looked vulnerable to set pieces and and crosses from open play. Roberts, as mm. Ross said, kind of rolled back the years. I guess he never had a pace to lose in the first place, so that's why he's still <laughs> kind of evergreen at thirty six. But his his quality of delivery dead ball and from open play was, was still excellent. And um, Ipswich got out of jail a few times, really, with uh, with their right back at OB, put two really good-headed chances wide. Um, so despite the fact that they escaped with a clean sheet, um, they rode their luck at times. So that that's a concern. Um, second half in terms of... We talked about how then sort of Wigan wised up to Dazelle's influence. Um, is that something that Ipswich have got? The, obviously, this new way of playing at the moment, which maybe have a bit of a surprise factor to start with. But perhaps the deeper we go into the season, there will need to be a, a plan B. And uh, as teams kind of work out a way to, to counteract uh, the way Ipswich are playing, obviously Hawkins is, is an option. We haven't seen much of him so far. And uh, the direct free kicks were a bit of a disappointment as well. Yeah. Sears had two in in really good positions uh, on the edge of the box. I was surprised to see him taking them. Um, he beat the wall with both of them, but they were they were both sort of comfortably over the bar and lacked conviction. And um, that that was that was a bit of a disappointment, really.
0: Who would you like to see taking free kicks in, Siri? If not Sears,
2: um, p- probably Judge is the yeah. is, is the next in line, um, but. You look through that team. There's no one that sort of screams set piece specialist on there. Dazelle was sort of taking a lot of the corners. I don't know what he's like from a, a direct dead ball. You would imagine sort of technically with his left foot, he would he would be a potential contender. But that's just yeah. a, another little reminder of what they've lost with uh, with Luke Garbutt. Yeah,
0: Roscoe, what concerned you about about yesterday?
2: Um,
1: I know we've already had some praise for Luke Chambers, but in the long term, I don't really want to see Luke Chambers at right back because I think or when he has a proper nippy winger against him, I think mm. he may struggle because um, he is getting older now. Um, I thought he played OK, but I think, yeah, that's the position. I thought he was never going to play again after the many years he played there. Yeah. Um, but, of course, with injuries you've got at the moment, he, he's the only one who can really play there. Yeah. Um, and as yeah Stu said, the free kicks... You know, we're not good. (laughs) Um, Of course, we've lost that now with Garbutt gone. Yeah. Um, But I don't know what they do in training. Do they, you know, train in the set pieces or not or train with the free kicks? You know, I I was praising last week against Bristol Rovers. We actually scored from a corner. Mm. Um, But, uh, yeah, I think yeah, that's one thing we want to, of course, add to our game. It's nice to see, you know, goals from corners and goals from free kicks. It just adds that extra little bit of bite for us to, fine goals but yeah I'm a bit concerned about that
0: mm. something which worries me which is not something that necessarily we saw on the pitch but um the injuries racking mm. up again obviously wolfhamden was a was a late cancellation uh, which is a concern uh, and we've also got the likes of obviously the Jellyman KBY still out with what is a worrying injury to be having recurring the Achilles and also Lancaster right? and notes's got managed to get a concussion um after having a essentially a fractured back so siri what what what's going on with all his injuries what's what's Wolfenden and how long long's he like to be out for?
2: Wolfenden was described as a a tweak to the groin in training yeah. um, I think probably with the the sheer number of games coming up and the the big break that they've had coming into this period. Hmm. Ipswich won't be the only club up and down the land that are, are treading very carefully with players' fitness at the moment. Bodies have become deconditioned. Um people are still getting their bodies match hardened again. Um playing games is very different to sort of running and training. Um but I do get it from an Ipswich perspective, the cynicism is kind of built in that what, what is going on. The, the number of injuries that Ipswich have had over the last few years, long-term ones. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, hopefully Wolfenden's just a, a precaution because I think <clears throat> Sunday was a reminder of sort of how crucial he is to kind of playing out, playing out from the back. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, Lancaster was a, apparently quite a hefty collision in training, just a pure accidental one, but he was he was knocked clean out um so told, so um I think that will that will rule him out almost certainly for the Fulham game on Wednesday mm. night because of concussion protocols um, yeah. but the the main thing is it's not his back which is uh which is a positive um, mm. so you know that is the concern when you see Lancaster injured but I'm really looking forward to seeing him sort of back in in the mix for for wide options yeah um
0: what about Kane? Because obviously Kane is is very very important to this this side and the way they want to play. And as Roscoe says, Chambers, thirty five year old, probably best not to have him at right back for too long. Do we have any idea when the Jelly Man might be back?
2: Nope, um, Achilles, nagging Achilles, and um... that
0: worries me. That that term, nagging Achilles, because yeah. You know...
2: You don't take risks with with Achilles, do you? Because when no. they, when they snap, you're um, you know, that's a, that's a bad injury, and you it yeah. takes a long time to come back from. And then once they go once, there's a, there's a, there then becomes a weakness there. So, um, this obviously a knock on effect from the injuries that he's had before, and probably the break as as we've mentioned. So he is such a key player to them, and they have just got to wrap him up in, in cotton wool at the moment and be. Uh, super protective of him because I think he'll completely change the dynamic of this team uh, Mm. as and when he's available.
0: Let's take a few more thoughts from the Coway Army. Chris Miles says, we're getting some feedback there. Is that your headphones, Roscoe? Yeah, sorry. (laughs) Chris Miles says, it was great to watch us try to play positively and create chances, recognising that against a better team, we would have been punished. But less of the Doom merchants. Yes, we're let off by the two missed headers early on their keeper made great saves from Bishan Edwards too. King Arthur Pickthorne just echoes something we've already talked about. I have a feeling that the lack of fans might help us build some good momentum at home. Players seem scared to play with freedom at Portman Road last season. It's a travesty that it's taken this long for Dizelle to be playing in this position. His passing is outstanding. We already know that his passing is sex, as Helci said last week. Mike King says, I wasn't able to watch the game. It's always good to start with three points. Seems like we're developing our identity. I just hope that Lambert sticks with it and that we also have a plan B. Harry Butcher, friend of the show, man with the arrows, says, I liked his going forward and I thought Nolan had a really good game. Defence did look really shaky from set pieces, though. Chris Bennett, NCR was decent enough but needs to improve his headed clearances. A couple of times he just headed directly up in the air rather than away from goal. Um, Lee says, good result overall, but generally can't see how Judge is still getting in the team. It should be Edwards left and Sears slash Lancaster right. What do the KAA board think? Uh, I think we've discussed that, I think. Um, Does anyone disagree with that? I think." All things being equal, that's, that's what I'd like to see Edwards on the left and, and probably Lancaster on the right. Would you agree with that, Stewie? Uh,
2: I don't see how you can drop Freddie Sears at the moment. I think you okay. know, he, was, he, he scored two goals against Bristol. I uh, thought he had another good game. Um, he might not have the electrifying pace to go past people, but I think he's a clever player. Mm. And I think um, it will probably be horses for courses in terms of the wing options. There will be times where you need Edwards' pace. Yeah. direct running for certain opponents, there will be times where you need perhaps more of the clever, drifting off the lines type players that I would I would say Sears is a bit like that. Certainly Lancaster I don't see someone that that goes past people and beats a man I think he's someone that's really clever and drifts inside and can score off his left foot off, off the right flank I think that's how he'll be used but hmm. um, having those pacey options in Edwards and I think they'd probably still lack a winger if I'm honest because I think Lancaster's obviously got the the fitness question marks over him still at at, mm. at the moment um certainly if Lancaster uh, sorry if Jackson is sold mm. or Downs or both uh, I could see them using that money to go out and and just sign another a wide player for for those front three options who knows even Luke Garbutt might might come back he's still available at the moment I said before don't sign him as a left back sign him as a left winger um that's not, that's not entirely impossible. I'd say it's still unlikely, but don't completely rule it out.
0: Be still, my beating heart. Don't tease us like that, Stewie. Um, Roscoe, what are you saying? It, it, all things, obviously, at the moment, um, you, you earn the shirt, you keep the shirt, and she makes a, a valid point there that Sears has probably done enough certainly to keep the shirt. But would that be your, your ideal pairing, Edwards, on the left? Obviously, we know Edwards will be in your starting side. But um, Lancaster on the right, what do you reckon?
1: Yes, yeah. I think, you know, at the moment, as, as Stu said, you know, Sears has been playing well. So, you know, I think you've got to keep a winning team. You know, was, I know Edwards came off the bench and stuff, did it right. Um, mm. If he has to play on the right, then play him on the right, you know, is what it is. You know, sometimes they can switch wings if if needed. You know, during the game, sometimes that happens. Mm. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm happy with Sears on the left. And then, yeah, hopefully when Lancaster is not injured, he uh, will be on the right.
2: Yeah, the, the whole switching wingers thing is a definite tactic. If you watch it, it happens at least two or three times where the, the wingers will swap flanks for a prolonged period of time. Mm-hmm. Edwards obviously came on on the right-hand side and then um, had his his chance at the end sort of being over on the left. So I think that will be fairly fluid. Um,
0: Peter McLeod, at uh, Amsterdam correspondent, says, Overall, it was a strong all-round performance against arguably the division's weakest team. I wonder whether our defensive frailties will be punished when we go up against our more clinical promotion rivals. Matt Jonas, a tender of KOA Live 1. Great performance and hopefully confidence boost. Is Judge still good enough, though, to have a free, wandering role in the side? He seemed to be everywhere and nowhere yesterday. I wonder if he'd be better sticking to a set position. Stu, what would you say? What would you do with a, with a problem like Alan Judge? A, would you start him and B, where would you play him?
2: Um, I really don't know, but I do. He hasn't got that pos- um, positional discipline. We've seen that consistently now for, for some time. I, I don't like him out wide. I think he's played it better mm. at the start of this season. I think doing it in this 4-3-3 is better for him. But I think I wrote in, in one of the pieces that you're as likely to concede a chance through Judge being in that role as as you are to create one. He does some really magical stuff. That's uh, probably overplaying it, but he, he does some. He, he's capable of some really good bits of skill at League One level. But I just think he's everywhere, and it just leaves gaps for people to exploit. And talking about whether Edwards can get into the team, I think him getting in ahead of Judge is. It's probably the bigger question. Um mm. It's a tough one because if he doesn't play wide, his next chance, they're not playing this not a proper out and out number 10. So he'd be playing as one of the two more advanced midfielders. I think realistically, if it would probably be him playing instead of Teddy, if Teddy's not going to be able to play Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, which is unlikely. We hope that he'll be able to do it more often than not, but there are going to oh. be times where Teddy has to dip out of the team and I would kind of be using Judge as the, the man to rotate with him and, and see what he's like in that in that central role, perhaps.
0: Mm. David Flischer, I've got that right, haven't I, Ross? That's how you say it. David yeah. Fisher says, Norwood look better than against Arsenal under H. Dazelle's taking his chance well. I'm not sold on Judge as a winger at all and uh, the central defence gives me jitters as against Bristol. Neither Wilson nor Toto fill me with confidence especially in the air. Overall low, he says, an efficient win. Well, then, boys, um, we've still got, obviously, uh, the big Flynn Downs issue to attack. Uh, and, and anything else we'd like to talk to, probably should talk a little bit about Fulham as well. Um, any other negatives to mention before we, uh, we move on to something slightly different?
1: It's a Wigan negative. One of their players, so many foul throws. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. One of, one of the throws basically just went straight up in the air, didn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. not good. Th- not good throwing in. Need to practice that. Um, let's. Shall we do a Mark's big question? Mark's big question. Question. Roscoe, we're going to do a mastery question now, and you are the man to pick the question. Don't pick the same number you always pick. Um, <laughs> what we've got between numbers one and 24. Give me a number.
1: Um, my boy Gwen Edwards' number, number seven. Number seven. <laughs> he is number seven, right? He is number yeah. seven. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: number seven is the worst decision you ever made. Oh. What's the the worst decision you've ever made in your life? Who wants to start?
2: Uh, Have you got one, Mark?
0: (laughs) I've made a lot of bad decisions in my life. (laughs) Um, I think, I I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but one of the worst definitely was um, when I was back from uni for the first time. Um, Christmas, this would have been Christmas uh, 1998 um went out with the the boys uh all back from uni went out had quite a lot to drink um we uh we dropped off one of my mates uh, i decided that it would be a really good idea to moon his parents um <laughs> which still gets brought up uh, and then um i went home i kind of staggered into the front room um lay down on the floor turned on jerry springer that just dates how long ago this was um, and the next thing I remember is is basically just me vomiting all over the uh, the lounge carpet um, and then in my in my drunken head, I thought, it's fine, I can sort this out. I'm in control um, and I went to get a lot of toilet roll uh, and thought, yeah, oh, this would be no problem to clean up um, and essentially just mashed loads of toilet roll into the into the sick on the carpet. Um, went to bed, forgot all about it next morning, woke up, uh, and Mum said, if you ever do that again. You ain't even here anymore, because um, she was faced with it with no warning at all. She just walked downstairs in the morning to be faced with a pile of my vomit uh, with with lots of <laughs> lots of toilet paper just squashed into it as well I'd imagine um, a horrendous sight, so yeah that would be the, that would be two of the worst decisions I've ever made mooning my uh, one of my best friend's parents um, and then vomiting all over the lounge carpet and rubbing toilet toilet paper into it. Not my proudest moments at all um so boys, have you've got any other moments you can throw in
2: uh i don't know if i have to be honest mark off the top of my head there's plenty of you've
0: never made a bad decision oh
2: i have i have but just not ones that i necessarily want to share via this platform (laughs) (laughs) uh what about you
0: roscoe you must have made a few Uh, bad decisions in your
1: life yeah a lot of course a lot of drinking stories yeah um but then there's one I won't I won't bring up the drinking story, but there's um like me actually spending a lot of money on something. Um so it's like a camera. I uh this is the first time I ever bought something like sort of like second hand.
0: Yeah.
1: And um you know, I thought it was all good, so I bought it, you know, it was all okay. I think I spent about eight hundred quid on it. And it basically broke in about ten minutes. <laughs> and when guy, you say it
0: it broke, did did you break it?
1: No, basically it just I don't know. Just wouldn't come back on again. I, you know, I charged the batteries up. Everything. I even got new batteries for it. And it just didn't work. Um And weirdly, on the yeah, I he, he gave me an SD card to go with it. And then on the SD card, there was some very dodgy pictures on there. And I thought, oh. yeah. Oh
0: really?
1: Uh, yeah. Like what? Like naked pictures of blokes. <laughs> oh <laughs> man. So. Um, but yeah, this yeah, the camp basically in the end didn't work. Um, so I basically just got done eight hundred quid, and the guy just disappeared. So yeah, obviously,
0: obviously, obviously, he kept the pictures. Maybe the eight hundred quid was for the pictures, mate.
1: Possibly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I got Stewie, done. Stewie, I'm
0: not having this. You must have made a bad decision in your life that we can talk about. There must be one um, thing. I'm what about? I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what. What about some of your hair decisions that you've made? Because I'd I'd turn it yeah. up there as well.
2: Yeah, I I think I've said before on this, there there was a time where I was rocking the the faux hawk, around the the David Beckham sort of time. Obviously, I didn't get the sides shaved. I didn't go sort of full on taxi driver. So instead, I just kind of, it was more sort of cockatoo than taxi driver. I just kind of, yeah, slapped a load of gel and kind of brought it up to a peak in the middle. Yeah, yeah, loads of fashion faux pas and uh, things. But all of the examples that are coming into my head are really not, really not for, not for now. No, I'm not afraid
0: for, not. Yeah, they're kind of after dark, are they? 18 plus kind of stuff.
2: Um, yeah, yeah. Hollyoaks extra. Will do that <laughs> <when they're>,
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, I've also got some absolute hair disasters in my time. I, I bleached blonde my hair around MM time. Um, I had <laughs> numerous lines shaved into my head. I had eyebrow. Um, lines I was basically before Chavs existed I was the the. I think I might have been the first Chav actually um, anyway let's get back to football boys um, I enjoyed that little detour into into the worst things um, that we've done in terms of bad decisions and I'll cross it off um, now then Flynn Downs speaking of, of decisions and bad decisions Flynn Downs what, what can we say about Flynn Downs obviously sat out again yesterday as I said there was a picture of him looking quite glum in the stands taken by a snapper, Steve Waller. Um, Lambert said after the game, he wasn't sure if he wanted to play or not. Siri, kick us off with Flynn Downs. What? Where are we with Flynn and and what would you do with Flynn Downs?
2: Mm. I don't think that was a great look for the manager to say he didn't know whether Flynn wanted to play or not. Mm. You've kind of said, you are given him a few days off, then we're going to have a chat on Monday. And the kind of noises being made around them was, you know, I think that's helped him. It's cleared the air and you kind of hope that there's a way forwards from it. I don't know if this is feeding into the Lambert tough love from, from what I gather, Lambert's been pretty strong with it for all the talk about, you know, his welfare means everything to me and I've I've got a duty of care to him. And I I think he's been a bit more blunt with his words privately from what I'm told. Mm. As I keep saying, we're only getting one side of the story here. Um, slightly strange. like as, as journalists, as trained journalists, we're kind of taught that there's always a right of reply and you have to go to the other person. And yet yeah. it's kind of like the, the, those rules don't apply to, to football journalism because we just don't get the access. It's not like we can just ring up Flynn Downs and, and mm-hmm. get his response to it. And he probably doesn't want to uh, give his side of things at, at this moment in time. But um, it's all getting a bit messy, isn't it, really? Um, the difficulty they've got, I think at the minute... The fact that Ipswich are, uh, are winning games and the midfield is playing well and they're well stocked in midfield is a, is kind of convenient for Lambert to, to leave Downs out the team. The minute that they lose a game or the midfield doesn't perform particularly well, then the scrutiny is going to intensify on why on earth is Downs one of your best players not involved hmm. at, the, at the minute? You know, we've just waxed lyrical about how well Nolan played. Dezel and Bishop both playing well. Hughes came on and, and had a had an impact as well. Uh, Cole Scooz to come back fairly soon. Mm. Um, I, it would have made a real statement of intent, I think, to, to play Flynn. To, uh, that's basically a message to Palace to kind of put up or shut up. You know, he's, mm. he's our player. He's playing. We've told him he's got his head around it now. You play, but... What's the end game if the message to him behind the scenes is you're going to rot in the stands until, this, until kind of you've got this out of your head? I, mm. I don't know. Surely the end game is that you hope that Palace aren't going to get nowhere near your offer. You turn them all down. Flynn stays. And then you've got to reintegrate him somehow. And I just think the longer this drags on with him not playing football, the harder it comes mm. to put him back into the team. It's, as I say, it's got kind of messy now.
0: He's got history though, hasn't he, Lambert, of letting players rot in the stands. He uh he did he did something similar with Darren Bent, didn't he? At Villa. Just kind of left him out, had him training with the youngsters. Um
2: just yeah, kind of... it's a reputation that he's got at a lot of clubs, I think. Yeah um, when I kind of spoke to a lot of people that have worked closely with him at his former clubs, that is that is one of the recurring things is once once your face does not fit you know, that's it, he'll put you, he'll he'll make you train with the kids, he'll tell you that you're out of here, Um, sometimes it gets a response from people, I think Houlihan was getting that sort of treatment to start with Mm. Norwich and then went on to become the the key player he was for them, others, you know, that that was the beginning of the end, so um, I don't know how this is all going to play out with with Flynn, Um, I'm I'm still kind of hopeful that He'll come back into it at some point because I think mm. they, they do lack that midfield does lack something that he brings. And when they play against better teams, I think you'll you'll notice that you'll notice Flynn's absence more for sure.
0: Mm. Just going to the koA Army on this. Jack says keep downs until Palace offer an acceptable deal. If we stick to our guns and they don't cough up the money, surely he can't ruin his career by refusing to play. His stock will only decrease and we won't get a better move. If we do sell, there's no need to replace. We're very well stocked. Um, little Melon Man, friend of the show. Good to hear from you, Little, Ma- little Melon Man. He says play- Little
2: Melon Man. Tiny
0: Little Melon Man. He says, play downs and do not sell him cheaply in caps, exclamation mark. We're paying him under contract, so he should play. A couple more just to get in. James Houston says, get downs in the right headspace and playing. If he's an Ipswich player, he's an asset we should use. Great to see Lambert sticking to the same system three games in a row. Long may it continue. And have we got another downs? Thought in here, um, Lee again says, I'm getting sick of this bullying tactic or apparent bullying tactic, shall we say, from Downs and Palace trying to force a move. He needs to he needs to be professional while he remains at ITFC, and Palace need to put up or shut up. So then, Roscoe, what would you do with, with Flynn Downs?
1: I think it's now got to a point where it's too far gone. Now, I don't think he's going to be able to get back. Right, I think a lot of fans are probably. You know, change their opinion on him and they're probably going, Yeah, get him out of our club now. You know, so what do you, what do, you do though? If
0: Palace are still aren't offering what you think is a fair valuation, what what do you do? You surely can't sell him on the cheap, so what do you do?
1: No, I don't know. I'm not, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the ins outs of transfers, you know. I do it on FIFA, but that's all I know. So, yeah, um, yeah, I don't know if you're able to like put out there saying, Do you? I know it's a Bit of a crazy statement, but transfer list him and just sort of say who, what, who, you know, who'd want him. But then his value would go down because you would you know put him immediately.
0: That, that lowers his value, yeah. yeah. But I mean, so at the moment, obviously, the situation is that that Palace have had bids rejected. They are well, nowhere near Town's asking price. So, and you're saying you think it's too far gone. So you wouldn't you wouldn't play him in in this period.
1: Uh not at the moment with the midfield doing well. But mm. if he doesn't. Get sold before the transfer window closes. Then, you know. Then I don't want him to be rotten in the stands and just we're pan him. If he's happy to play, then he has to work himself back into the team. You know, and he may have to plan an EFL Trophy game to you know mm. <laughs> get back into the good books. But it is a weird situation. You know, I never thought this would ever come down to this. I thought it would just be a situation where you know Palace put in a decent bid for him, we accept it, and he goes. But it mm. sounds it's more complicated than it. Um, than I thought it was going to be. But, of course, we don't know the full extent. You know, they won't share everything, will they? But Mm. um, I think it could be a long, long transfer window for Flynn.
0: Yeah, it's a shame to see, isn't it? Because he is such a talented lad. I mean, if it was me um, in the same situation, I would play him. I think the fact is, at the end of the day, it's which town are paying his wages. Uh, He is their best player. Um, And I think until such time that someone makes an offer, which is acceptable to town he should be playing for town. And I can understand that his head may have been turned and he'd be worried about picking up an injury, this, that and the other. But, you know, for me, I think you have to play your best players and he's certainly one of town's best players. So I'd I'd, I'd be playing him at this point um, and seeing where we go from there. Um, Boys, we should also mention, of course, before we we take our leave, town playing again, obviously it's going to be two games a week pretty much every week this season. Town playing again on Wednesday night at Portman Road, a nice early kickoff, 7pm in the Carabao Cup against Premier League Fulham, um, a side who obviously lost uh, on their return to Premier League at the weekend. Stewie, what are you, what are you looking for from this game and, uh, and what kind of uh, team do you think Lambert will put out? Do you think he'll stick to his guns and, and go with a, a fairly unchanged team again?
2: Uh, no, I think there'll be some more changes for this one. I think um, I think reading between the lines, he'll make a few more, more changes just because of the they sort of uh, be mindful of of the injuries and stuff like that. Um, mm. uh, I think I think they'll probably lose. To be quite honest, because I think Fulham Fulham will be wounded from the weekend losing three 0 to Arsenal. Mm. Parker want to get a result under under their belt. Um, I don't know what sort of team he'll put out, but um, I think Ipswich might make a few changes. And if they go out. I don't think there'll be too too many tears about them going out because you'd have the, ne- the next round would would be coming up the the following midweek as it is so mm. um <clears throat> yeah just just to see them work on the the system a bit more the patterns of play see if some other players can come in and and take their chance maybe maybe we'll see a bit of Ollie Hawkins for the first time I'm intrigued to I, w- I want to see him get his minutes up I think Emma Hughes as I mentioned earlier had a bit of an impact when when he came on so there's mm. every chance that he might, he might get a start, it'd be good to see him get going. Maybe even Edwards, um, after his impact at the weekend off the bench, to see if he can kind of build on that performance. I'd just be kind of taking away some maybe some in, individual performances. Not, not too worried about the result.
0: Mm. Well, Roscoe, we know you'd like to see Gwen Edwards start again. But okay. if, if Town um, do end up going out of the cup on, on Wednesday, you're going to be bothered?
1: Uh, of course, you never want to see a, your team, you know, lose. But yeah. it is a Premier League side, and they—I know—they got beaten by Arsenal three 0 But they're still going to be a, you know, a good team. I don't know what team they're going to put out in terms of, you know, will they take it seriously? And of course, they want to try to stay in the Premier League. They just got got there. Um, if we lose, it's one of those things. You know, it depends like land, but hopefully, will play a, a strong enough team again. Because sometimes, why not plan? There's going to be, you know. Midweek games, weekend games, but it's still good to keep a winning team. A few changes here and there. Um, and, you know, you never know. If we if we beat Fulham, we've got Sheffield Wednesday or Rochdale in the third round and we could be getting very close to the final. So, mm. cut run.
0: Exactly. Yeah, not to be sniffed at. Um, as you say, if they, if they come through this game, eminently willable game in the next round. So, be interesting to see what happens and how they approach it. Boys, um, anything else to discuss before we, we take our leave? Any other business, boys? Stewie?
2: And no other business.
0: No other business from Stewie. Roscoe, you got anything to to mention? Nada. Nada. Well, obviously, thanks again for listening. Um, Thanks for all of you who joined us as well. I should mention last week on the live pod, it was a a really nice evening. Um, I only had the one Peroni, which I was slightly disappointed about. That was also one of my worst decisions. I should have had two lined up. (laughs) Um, That would have been good. It was a great night, though. Great to speak to so many listeners. So thanks for those of you who joined us there, and it's available to listen back to as well, of course, um, via podcast. It's also on our YouTube page if you want to go back and and watch it, if you want to see us laughing at each other and and Hutchie for once ruining the strike, not Ross. Um, That was funny. So, yeah, follow us on all our social medias, uh, Kings of Anglia on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and also leave us those five-star reviews on on iTunes because that really helps visibility-wise in the charts. So, which town season is up and running, they are unbeaten in the league. They've got a cup game coming up this Wednesday. Follow it with us. Uh, have a great weekend. We'll speak to you again, hopefully, later on this week um, after the cup game and ahead of the first away trip of the, of the season. Um, thanks for joining us and we'll speak to you again next time. From true crime to football, Brexit to football, for more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.